this episode, we will learn how to make new friends and build big relationships from an entrepreneur and best-selling author of Two Hour Cocktail Party. Welcome to the show, Nick. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about parties and networking and all that good stuff with your listeners. Yes, and I'm super excited to be speaking with you. Uh, we have no cocktail made ready available for this um, conversation, <laughs> but we'll just, we'll, just, we'll just wing it that way and just have, have the conversation. <laughs> what do they drink? Don't they in Germany, don't they drink um, Club Mate or Club Mate or what is that thing? Do you know what I'm talking about? I sincerely do not know because I, I don't drink alcohol and I don't really yeah. go clubbing actually. Me neither. I don't <laughs> so drink I mean... alcohol either. Okay, great. How funny is this? Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. So if you ask me about maybe wine or something, I could maybe maybe help a little bit, but I don't really drink alcohol. I don't know. I don't nice. have an idea. But it's it's actually very good to host parties, and that's why I want to be I want to learn so much from you because alcohol, drinking alcohol or not drinking alcohol, is good to have community. It's good to build friendship. It's good to build relationship, and it's good to have events that could you know make that happen basically. And that's why we're speaking with you today. And um, you know, while preparing for this conversation, I learned that, you know, you moved to to New York, and you had very few friends, yeah. and you had less than stellar um, social skills, and you all of a sudden metamorphosized yourself, and you became this kind of guy that was organizing two-hour cocktail parties. How did all of that happen? It's true. When I first moved to New York, I did not know very many people. I was definitely not outgoing or an extrovert. And I would go to networking events or parties and would struggle to meet new people. I, I just wasn't good at that. And I would leave those events feeling like a loser. I would feel like I messed up or like it was my fault. And what I realized actually was that those events just weren't created to meet new people. And I love meeting new people. I'm obsessed with it. And so I decided I would build my own event and start to host my own parties for meeting new people. And that's what I did. I started and experimented. I invited my friends at first and then reached out to other people. And I ended up hosting hundreds of events in New York City. And I learned that there's a specific formula that anyone can do to host a good event. And it changed my life. And I think other people, it can absolutely change your life. Yeah. So what was this formula actually? Can you reveal the secret to us? I know you talk about it in your book, but can you like, you know, tell us about this? Yes, I'll tell your listeners everything they need to know. It is the Nick Party Formula. So think about my name, Nick, spelled N-I-C-K. The N stands for name tags. Everybody wears name tags. Now I know you're listening to this, you're late 20s. What? Name tags? That sounds corporate. We'll talk about it later, but the name tags you have to have, even for a house party with your friends. The next letter is I. It stands for icebreakers. Now, again, you may think icebreakers so formal, they're bad, they're cheesy. It's because they're done wrong. I know how to do them right. The next letter is C. That stands for cocktails only, no dinner. Now, even if you don't drink alcohol like you and I, you can still host this event, but we use the phrase cocktail party because it expresses a lightweight social gathering that's easy and casual where there's a lot of little conversations with different people. Don't do a dinner party. So N-I-C, C for cocktails only. And then the K stands for kick them out at the end. 
The party is only two hours long. You want to finish on a high note and end it. Tell people to go home. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. But how, how do you do that? Let's start from kicking the people out after two hours. How do you tell them, hey, guys, this party is just for two hours. And um, even though it's getting very hot and interesting here, you have to go home. How do you do that? The first thing that everyone needs to learn is you have to set both a start time and an end time to any event that you're hosting. And when you communicate to people that there is a start time, all events have that, but you also say there's an end time. And I find that when you list a two-hour time, what it means is it compresses and more people show up on time. Because if they're an hour late, now they missed half the party, okay? Mm -hmm. So when you list two-hour time, more people show up on time, which is great. It minimizes the awkward time. I call the awkward zone the first 30 minutes when maybe sometimes the, the person you know the least is the only one to show up first. Mm -hmm. And then more people don't show up later. So anyhow, so what else happens? Um, when you want to kick people out, you give them a warning, a 15-minute warning, like a last call that happens at the bar. By the way, when you list that there will be an end time, when you tell them in all your messages there will be an end, then they know what to expect. And it's not a surprise. Hey, the party's ending. Why is it ending? They know that the party's going to be ending. So that's a little bit about how you do it. I hope that that helps explain. Mm -hmm. Okay. Look, sometimes you tell people, yes, this party is going to end by 8 p.m., for example, starting by 6 p.m. But people are like, oh, I'm sure by the time it's 8 p.m. and the party is still bubbling, we could extend the time. But you're going to be straight with your time and say, two hours is two hours. And after two hours, you're getting out of here, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, why did you choose to make it a cocktail party and not a dinner party, for example? I think a dinner party is very hard to manage. For a beginner host, you need to moderate the conversation. And for new hosts, it can be difficult. Because look, here's the thing. I want to give you a formula that can be so successful that people leave and say, wow, Toby, you're an amazing host. And dinner parties, I found, are too stressful. They're too much work. And it's not enough people. In the same time of a dinner party, I can now host a cocktail party to reach 15 to 20 people. That's the key number, by the way. Dinner party, you generally want to do six people or less. If you have more than six people, the conversation naturally bifurcates. It splits into two. With a cocktail party, I can have 15, 20 people, a lot of little conversations. I can grow my network even bigger, faster with more people. Now, a dinner party is great to have deep conversations, but it's an advanced level. And my suggestion is host a cocktail party first and then pick some people that you could maybe later have a dinner party with. Yeah, yes. Oh, that's good. I love that idea. Like, have 20 people at your place for the party, then you pick six people that you could later invite for a dinner party where you could really sit down and really discuss and maybe close some business deals also that could help in the future. I'm going to yeah. challenge you. You better be careful. I'm going to challenge you to be my first host in your town in <laughs> Germany. 
because I think you would do really <laughs> well with this. You seem like somebody who's naturally socially savvy, and I think you could be really successful with this. I could give it a try. I, I, I mean, I'm also a bit introverted, but I love hanging out with people. I love missing people also. So this is very interesting for me. And once in a while, I love you know having my friends around. But those are my friends basically, and that leads me to the to the um, eye of the old um, formula. That's icebreaker. Because when when I have my friends around, I don't really need icebreakers because we know each other and we just you know familiarize and we just flow basically. But now I'm I'm inviting fifteen people over. If I'm taking up that challenge, or twenty people over, I'll, what are the icebreakers I need to set the things rolling or the ball rolling? I'm so glad that you said that you are an introvert because I wrote this book for introverts and thinking about introverts. And one thing you tell me if this is true or not, but with introverts, you probably like better going to events when you know what to expect. Yeah. When you exactly. know who might be there, what to talk about, what's going to happen. And I find the same thing. So that's why so much of my book, introverts love this because it's literally a step-by-step guide, minute by minute of what to do. So your question was icebreakers. Yes. I'll first start and tell you the reason why we do these icebreakers. The whole purpose of these parties that I want to host and teach you how to host is to help you connect all the different people that you've met and to help you meet new people and bring them into your world. And so we use icebreakers to create conversations amongst all the attendees and give them an excuse to go say hi to somebody new. Mm -hmm. So the purpose of the icebreakers really is more like a roll call of who's in the room. Because otherwise, what happens? You go to a party, you go up to every new person, you ask, hey, what's your name? What do you do? Nice to meet you. How do you know the host? Things like that. When you do icebreakers, it eliminates that because you've already done that for the whole group. A good icebreaker at the beginning of a party when there's no rapport, it's just like with your podcast host. You probably ask them easy questions at the beginning and harder questions at the end. Same thing at a party. We want to ask an easy question at the beginning. The question I like that I use for almost all my parties that I recommend for everybody that's in my book is say your name, say what you do for work or how you spend your days, and then tell me one of your favorite things to eat for breakfast. What's one of your go-to breakfast foods? Mm. Now, that's a good question because everybody has had breakfast recently or not. Some people don't eat breakfast and that's a choice. Breakfast generally has a positive connotation. It's easy to think about. It's easy to answer. And there's no judgment based on your answer. It's not like, let me give you a bad example. A bad example would be, say your name and say your favorite book or your favorite movie. Now, that's hard because that's definitive. That's subjective. And everybody will be thinking, ooh, how can I sound smart? How can I sound smart to give the best answer, right? Or, gosh, what is my favorite? I don't read. I don't know. I haven't read in a long time. I'm busy. Mm -hmm. But breakfast Mm -hmm. is easy and it's quick to answer. People don't freeze up. So that's why Mm -hmm. I like that question. It's not about the breakfast. This isn't a food party. It's just to share about somebody's personality. Yeah, just to see what, what they like to eat in the morning, basically, and something very easy, basically. 
Yeah, yeah. And then you talked about name tags. Like, why do I have to hand out name tags when I organize my party? Name tags are good, especially for introverts, because it signals that this is not a party of cliques. This is not a party where there's friend groups. Everybody there is there to meet new people and make new friends. And when you have name tags, it makes it easier for people to go up and say hello. Name tags make it so easy to say, look, this is a safe space. Come up and say hello. Introduce yourself. It's also good because I'm bad with names. I forget names. And know that even in a room of 10 people, of only 10 people, there are 100 different interpersonal relationships. 10 people times 10 people, that's 100 different relationships that can happen in that room. And so because of that, you have to have name tags. Hi, friend. Are you enjoying this episode? We would love to hear from you. Kindly send us a feedback. Are you following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, maybe on YouTube and other podcast platforms? Are you following us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook? We would love to connect with you on all platforms. Links and further details are available in the show notes of this episode. Thank you. How many parties have you hosted? Oh my God. I've hosted hundreds, more than 500. I host a lot of parties. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot. I think that if I have to host parties, then I, that's a big shoe to fill up. <laughs> yeah. But, no, it's fine. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. But if someone's asking right now that, okay, yeah, you're talking about hosting parties. Yes, I understand. It sounds so interesting. But what are the benefits? Like, how does that benefit you? And how does that contribute to your success in life? Great. Number one is you build your network of acquaintances. Now, sociologists found by studies that the best opportunities in life, through business, relationships, investing, they come not from our close friends, but from our acquaintances, or what people call weak ties or loose connections. Mm. We want to build up that network. It's not your best friend who tells you about the new job. It's the random LinkedIn connection that you happen to be scrolling LinkedIn and you see about a new position. You're like, oh yeah, I met that guy two years ago. That's random. I'll apply for this job. The next way that it helps you is that you start to get invited to more events. Your calendar, people start to invite you to come to things. The next thing that's most surprising is after you host your second and third event, you start to be known as someone who hosts good events. And then when new people move to town or they meet someone, they're like, oh my God, you have to meet my friend Toby. He hosts these cool events. You have to come. Toby, please invite this guy. And so that is a really special thing where people naturally start to come into your life. Yeah, That's, that sounds amazing. And I'm so curious to know, like from all the 500 that you've hosted or over 500 that you've hosted, I did like some fun and memorable moments that you can never ever forget that you could share with us? Well, um, I can tell you this last week, last Sunday, I was in Los Angeles, California, and I hosted a meetup for some of my readers and fans online and just friends, just people. And because I host so much, I knew how to do it. I knew what all the steps were. 
I was able to make it easy to host a meetup when I was traveling. And that was incredible. I have a great photo on my website of all the people from my meetup. 20 people showed up and I was able to do it very well and I didn't stress about it. And so being able to meet new people when I travel is such an incredible thing. Some other favorite ones, I'm, I live now in um, Austin, Texas, and I host some meetups. One of my favorites was one year ago for my book launch. Instead of a normal book launch, I actually hosted it on the lake on paddle boards. I think I'm the only book launch that ever happened on the lake. And we were just having fun. I wanted to do something fun that I wanted to do that felt on brand. So that was pretty mm -hmm. awesome. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> You're the master of hosting parties already, I can see. <laughs> and that, that, that leads me to my next question. Like now, okay, now I feel a bit a bit motivated and encouraged to host my party. But Nick, can you tell me what to do in order to host a successful party? What social skills do I have to acquire? What, um, you know, I don't know, tools do I need to make use of to host that party and make it a success that people will love also? Well, the most important thing for your first party is just getting enough people to show up because the number one fear for a new host is that nobody will show up or worse, they say that only two or three people will show up, okay? Mm -hmm. And so that's the number one fear. And you want to have the sweet spot I found is 15 to 22 people. 15 to 22 people is how many you want to have. And so the first skill you need to do is you need to pick a date at least three weeks in advance so that you have plenty of time to fill up and guarantee that you'll have all those attendees. Mm -hmm. Much of my book about is just inviting people, how to invite people the right way so that they want to come, and then how to send reminder messages and other things so that they actually show up to the party. <laughs> Wow, but is, is that not like a bit um, strenuous, like, you know, to keep, uh, you know, keep everyone in track, basically, and send out reminders and to, you know, organize, maybe arrange the old venue you're going to make use of and, mm. you know, the old logistics behind it. How do you go about all of that? Well, the, the first thing is the venue and the decorations don't matter and neither do the food. You know, I say I would rather have someone show up to my party and leave I would rather have somebody leave my party hungry rather than bored because they can feed themselves, but it's up to me to help create the new conversations and introductions. So a lot of the party is actually just spent getting people to arrive, planning some of the icebreakers. And when you give yourself at least three weeks to do this work, you have plenty of time. We're talking 10 or 15 minutes a day that you're just sending out invites, things like that. That work, I promise you, when you spend 10 or 15 minutes a day, will make the actual party so easy. You don't even have to do anything. It's just easy and stress-free because everybody's there. You did all the work ahead of time. And that's another surprising thing that most people don't know about. Yes, proper preparation uh, prevents poor performance. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I like that. What's that from? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I learned it a lot from school and from other podcast guests like proper proper um, sorry proper preparation prevents poor performance. Yeah. Yes. Is it four four P's or five P's or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um now I know that there's some things that I want us to avoid, like like some mistakes 
like some common mistakes that people make um, while hosting parties, parties or trying to organize parties that we could, you know, avoid. Mm. Okay, here's one. Do not host your party on a socially competitive day of the week or of the year. What's the most mm. obvious one of that is holidays. Big holidays are very socially competitive. Many other parties, high expectations, people have high hopes and dreams. Don't do it on then. And don't even do it on a Friday or Saturday night. Why? Because other people get invited to things. They're busy. And they're more likely to no-show. And remember, the number one goal for your first party is just to fill the room. I promise you that if you can fill the room, then your party will be successful if you follow my formula. So I tell people, do not host it on a socially competitive or red level day. Instead, host it on an easy day, like a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday night. There's much less going on. People are not as busy, and they're more likely to say yes to your party. So that's number one. The second do not do, do not buy too much food. Every time I hear from people, oh, I bought way too much food. The reality is, is that at a good party, when you're talking to a lot of people, you actually talk more than you eat. So you actually talk and mix and mingle. And I hear from a lot of people who buy too much food. The last suggestion I would say is don't spend and waste time creating the perfect playlist for your party. The music you should forget about. It's just some happy background noise. Mm. The more important thing is the people and the conversation. So you can't program the perfect playlist. You don't know how the energy is flowing at your party. Mm. I will generally just play like the Beach Boys or the Beatles or just something fun that's happy music in the background just to add a little energy to the room. But the music yeah. doesn't matter. Mm. The music doesn't matter. Well, I mean, do you, you think the people that we invite to the party also contribute to the success of the party? Imagine inviting, I don't know, five of me or 10 of myself that uh, were very shy. We don't want to have any conversation. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we just want to sit at the corner and maybe eat all the food that the host provides and drink all the drinks. <laughs> uh, then at the end of the day, the host will be frustrated because... We'll just eat all the food and then we'll just go home and no no relationship is built. I know. <laughs> I'm not that I'm, I'm not that bad, but I'm just just giving an example. That's a good <laughs> question because you're thinking about the different types of people. Here's what I say: a good party is a diverse party of a diversity mm -hmm. of introverts and extroverts, a diversity of occupation. For example, don't just invite your work friends; invite different peoples, your neighbors people you meet at the stores, your work friends, your college friends, your school friends, your podcast friends, different people from different backgrounds. That really helps. Mm -hmm. However, for your first party, you really just want to practice. You want to practice and whoever you can get is good. I do mm -hmm. not suggest that you overthink the first party to perfectly try to curate because the surprising thing is you never know which of your friends are going to get along. You may think, has this ever happened to you where you hang out with some different, you're like, I cannot believe that they get along. That was really interesting. And that happens all the time. Yeah, it does. It does. 
Yes. So just invite different people from different perspectives, different phases of life or something, and then see what happens and just watch the magic take its place. I like that. <laughs> watch the magic. We'll just watch the magic. Yeah. Just watch the magic. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would just love to know, um, I know from our own little experience, I, I know it's important for us, our friends, and perhaps for us to build um, relationship. But from you as an expert, I just love to know what we, what we could do to, you know, make new friends and what we could do to build and most importantly, maintain this friendship and relationships that we, you know, make at the beginning. Here's what I found. I found that if you want to meet interesting people, you have mm. to do interesting things. You have to make yourself want to be wanted. Because otherwise, why does somebody want to be your friend? So I tell this to people. They say, oh, I just moved to a new town. How do I make friends? Well, I say, well, why does somebody want to be your friend? Oh, because I'm a good person. Well, that's not enough, okay? The reality is, is that to meet people, you have to do interesting things. And the secret that I found is the fastest way to be interesting is to host good events because everybody wants to know someone who brings people together. All that it takes is just stepping up and assuming that role. So this is the key. To meet interesting people, you have to do interesting things an easy way to be interesting is to host events and bring people together. That is a key life skill that completely changed my life. And now with my book, The Two-Hour Cocktail Party, I'm on a mission to help 500 people host their very first first party using my formula. Yeah. So that's my thing. I'm obsessed yeah. with trying to get to 500 verified hosts, and I'm trying mm -hmm. to talk to every single one. I love having those phone calls too. <laughs> yes, and that's why I would love everyone who is listening to this podcast episode to you know get a copy of the book, mm. read it, and you know find a way and method also. You have, you have a cocktail method in the book also where you explain in much more detail about how to go about this. And um, I just encourage everyone out there to get a copy of the book. I'll place the link to your website in the show notes of this episode, so people could just you know click on the link or copy the link and read more about yourself find out how to get the book and then, you know, get the book too. But in case there are people out there who still have you no know, questions to ask you or still wants to, you know, um, make some inquiries that we could not even cover during this conversation, what's the best way to connect with you and work with you? I'm so glad you mentioned that because I'm going to list in the show notes about how to host a networking event or how you can host a housewarming party or mm. even how you could plan a book swap because introverts love to do a book swap. And so I'll yeah. list that in the show notes. And then if you have any questions, if you want to host a party like this, please reach out to me. My name is Nick Gray. I'm online at Nick Gray News, N-E-W-S, NickGrayNews.com. And I'm on all social media at, at Nick Gray News. So I'm active on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Check me out there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Nick, for this wonderful conversation. I really appreciate, you know, you telling us the importance of hosting parties, not just for enjoyment, but also for networking, for building relationships, for making new friends, and for becoming the most important or most interesting person in the room, basically. And that way, we could also, you know, build up our entrepreneurial journey, uh, become successful in our businesses or in our career also. We didn't go into much details of all of that but once once one picks up a book and read that then one could be able to understand even much more that we talked about in this conversation i, I really appreciate this nick thank you so much 
Thanks for having me. More parties. Wow. wow. You made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye. Bye.